Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the season four finale of the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Newmarket, Ontario, a town in the regional municipality of York, part of the Greater Toronto Area, about an hour north of the city. Settled by the Quakers from the 13 colonies in 1801, Newmarket's location on the Holland River enabled travel between Lake Ontario and Lake Simcoe. One of the many farming communities in the area, Newmarket developed an industrial centre on the Northern Railway of Canada's mainland, which was built through what would become the downtown area. It also became a thriving market town with the arrival of the Metropolitan Street Railway in 1899. Over time, the town developed into a primarily residential area, and with the construction of both north-south highways 400 to the west and 404 to the east, Newmarket became a bedroom town throughout the 1980s, with many of its residents commuting to the city for work. Today, Newmarket's population is over 87,000 and growing. It has been identified as one of the Golden Horseshoe's 25 urban growth centers in Ontario's Places to Grow growth plan. The plan includes growth in business services and knowledge industries, as well as administrative, manufacturing, and retail. Some new market landmarks include the Upper Canada Mall, South Lake Regional Health Centre, when I was born there it was called York County Hospital, the Main Street Heritage Conservations District, and Wesley Brooks Conservation Area, known by us locals as Ferry Lake. But today I'm not downtown. Instead, I'm walking through a mature residential crescent off London Road in Newmarket's North End to the headquarters of this week's subject, Top Town Entertainment Agency. Neville. Nice to meet you, Al. Nice to meet you, too. Come on in. Thank you. That's Neville, the owner. He welcomes me into his home and introduces me to his dogs, two sibling rescues from Ohio named Charlie and Lola, and another rescue from Thailand named Nova. Nova is a three-legged banque. After I pass the literal sniff test from Charlie, Lola, and Nova, Neville escorts me into the kitchen where I set up for our interview. Hi, my name is Neville Lissack. I'm the owner of Top Talent Entertainment. When did Top Talent Entertainment start? The company officially got underway in 1984. It was established. Um, that was by my father. Michael Lissack, and um, I'm a magician, mm-hmm. mainly. Okay. All kinds of magic for children and adults, Sorry. Uh, whatever. When did you become a magician? Well... <laughs> I actually started magic as a child, you know, I, in England, and uh, I did volunteer work in hospitals, and okay. I joined a magic club called the London Society of Magicians. They say I was the youngest member there, I was about 14, I think, at that time, and uh, that's it, really, that's how I started, you know, started at that time. All right, but it was just, uh, just a hobby at that point? Yes, All right, well, yes, exactly. When did you come I've been in Canberra a long time, 1974. So your dad was a magician? Yes. 
before that, what was he doing? He had worked um, a few different jobs, including Sears, and he was a supervisor at a, an aluminum company. When the aluminum company closed down, he decided that uh, he would get into something that he really loved doing, and magic was it. You know, I decided I'd always had a good interest, of course, still in magic, you know, and I was still doing shows even while employed with my brother's company. But um, when I left the company, you know, I had a choice, you know, of what to do, but I decided to just uh, maybe do even more of my magic, you know. Mr. Magic. Yeah, children's children's magician, Mr. Magic, but with a K, which uh, makes it extra special, I guess. <laughs> so you started off in, in 84 and it wasn't just, it wasn't an agency, it was just it was just Exactly. Was okay. Exactly. When did you decide to take on other acts? Well, what happened was in those days we used yellow pages. Right. <laughs> the physical yellow pages, you know. Uh, which I don't think exists today, but um, people started calling me for, you know, booking me for shows. And then I started getting calls saying, well, do you have clowns or jugglers or, you know, all different types of magic? And I said, no, you know. But then I realized after a while, I thought, wait a minute, why am I refusing these things when if I could find these performers, I can get them work for and that's exactly what happened. You know, I actually put an ad in, I think, for entertainers, you know, good entertainers. It had to be good, uh, which I met with and saw their acts and everything. And, uh, and that's how it started, really. You know, I got them bookings and uh, everybody was happy. <laughs> My dad is so high energy. He has so much fun. When he performs a magic show, I mean, he performs like, I don't know, sometimes he outdoes me for energy, which is incredible. Yeah, like he's he's just so good at it. And he loves doing it. He loves making kids laugh. He loves children. You know, he actually does. He does magic for adults as well. Yeah. But I think the kids shows are especially at his heart. Does he still perform? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. When you first started, how, how was business? Was it successful right away? Or did, did Pretty much. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was very good. And uh, there was a time when, I um, can't remember the year. When there was a bit of a downturn generally in, uh, in business in, um, in Canada, what I decided to do was a very strange thing. People thought I was crazy. Instead of downsizing my ads, I doubled it, and I, ne I never looked back. <laughs> That's weird, you know, but uh, it worked. So 1984, your dad starts this company and he's a magician. So you must be pretty young at the time. Yes, I would have been, uh, oh, I would have been 11. Okay. <laughs> yes. What was it like to tell your friends, my dad's a magician? Like, what <laughs> <laughs> Well, the reaction was always, can I see a magic trick? Sure. Can you, can your dad show me a magic trick? So yeah, he could. And he did quite a bit of magic for my friends over the years and they always loved it. Was so your, was your house the house that everyone wanted to go to? <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had, we had my dad, the magician. We had a good basement with, uh, where we could hide out from my parents once I had enough of my dad. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun growing up, yeah. Okay. Well, how was your childhood? Like, talk a little bit more about that. My childhood was amazing. I, I mean, I loved my childhood. I played hockey. I played soccer. Um, if you had a sport, I wanted to play it. And with my my dad performing magic, when, as I said, from when I was about 11, professionally, I 
started to take a real interest in that. But uh, yeah, great childhood. Parents were always around. And that was something I liked as well, because my dad then started working from home. Uh, he did eventually get an office, but when he was home a lot, it was good because he was around a lot. Was your mom in the biz too? No, she was a school secretary okay. with the TDSB. And uh, she did that for quite a long time. I was always one of those kids who talked to their parents a lot. Right. So we had a good relationship growing up. That's cool. Yeah. You said around 11 years old, you started taking an interest in magic as well. Yes. Yeah, I did. Usually you rebel against what your parents do. <laughs> <laughs> well, magic was always there. You know, got to go with him to the magic shop. Right. Number two in the town, Morrissey Magic and the Browser's Den. And got to go to those places with him and see all the magic. And that was, that was still when you are in North York. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, throughout the years, yeah. What was your first gig? Your first paying gig? A birthday party. Okay. I don't remember the full details of it, but it was just a birthday party for very young children. Okay. Ages, uh, it was around three to six or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a show where I could be myself, which is mm-hmm. generally silly and fun. Yeah. I mean, you're a magician, you've got this business going, and then suddenly your son yes. shows an interest in magic as well. Yes. Uh, what did you think of that? I mean, were you like, no, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or something? Or were you happy for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he started off not just interested in magic, but an interest in, my, in the business. He always encouraged, I think, with my sister and I, he encouraged us to do the things that we enjoyed. And uh, one of the things that we really enjoyed, that I really enjoyed, was the magic. But for years, there was a slight rebellious phase. Um, So when I was about, I'd say, 17 or 18, probably pretty standard rebellious age, I decided I I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be part of the business at that point. And uh, I went to live in England for a little while, uh, family there. And when I came back... I decided, no, you know what? This is a good life. This is what I want to do. I want to do what makes me happy. And uh, I went into the business. Then I started properly performing magic shows as well. What's your stage name? I'm the Marvelous Magician. And your sister, did she get into this? She did not. No, she did not. She She was... She was rebellious. She was really rebellious. Yeah. 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 Terrible sister. No, I'm just joking. She was great. (laughs) She is uh, actually a teacher with the York Region School Board, but yeah, she's a special education teacher. And he joined me in that business because it needed at least two people in the office part of it anyway. It was a great move because since then, he's expanded the business no end. He's much more computer savvy and everything than I am, although I'm not too bad at it, you know, like, but he's, um, he's done all kinds of stuff. And also what he has done is increased dramatically the type of clientele that we have. Now, the people that book us very often are corporate. You see, when I did it, when I started off, it it was just the opposite to that. It was birthday parties and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, you know, he's got all the, he's with all the big people from coast to coast. That's another thing he's done. It's expanded it that way. So he can provide um, entertainers in Vancouver or anywhere, right. <laughs> you know, like all the provinces, really. Sure. And we have done. When do you take over the business then? Yeah, so we're looking about 15 years ago, I took over full time. Okay, and just because your dad wanted to retire? Well, no, he's still not. You can't say the R word around him. (laughs) He doesn't know that word. You know, I decided that as I was about 30 (laughs) at the time, 
<laughs> I decided to, you know, like he was so much into the business that really he was, you know, I thought, well, it's about time I sort of backed off a bit. Right. And that's what I did. And uh, Neville has taken over and it's his business and uh, that's fine with me. You're still performing though. I'm still performing. Yeah. Really the technology was starting to get more advanced and my father was a bit more challenged with it. So I was helping on that front and, you know, websites and emails and everything. And the fax machine was slowly in decline. And so I think. You know, like my dad said, and a lot of people around, they said that I sort of brought the business forward into present day, so to speak. You mentioned your wife was in the business? Yes. My name is Leslie Jones-Lissack. I am a teacher, an elementary school teacher, and I am a former performer of many different characters and so on. And now these days, I'm mostly doing face painting and a little bit of balloon animals and so on for the company. I was in university and uh, we met through mutual friends. We met and started our relationship. Then I found out what he did. <laughs> One of the first times we went on a date, we were we were heading somewhere, but he said to me, do you mind if we just stop and, and I do this one job and then we'll go on to, I don't know if we were going out for dinner or whatever. I'm like, okay. And I said, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going to do a gorilla telegram. <laughs> so I was there in the car and, you know, he's like, here, can you hold these balloons? And uh, he had prepared this poem to read. He's not a singer. So he would recite a poem that he had created from information that the client would give. So I was sitting in the car and then he gets out of the car, opens the trunk, and then he proceeds to get dressed in this full gorilla costume. And then he comes to the side of the car and he's like, can you hand me the flowers, please? And okay, now hand me the the scroll. And uh, okay, you hold on to the car keys and I'll be right back in about 10 minutes or so. So I'm like, okay. And I I just, I always remember this sort of out of body experience, seeing myself sitting in the passenger side of this car, watching my new potential boyfriend go disappear into this stranger's house and just waiting for him. And then he comes back out and he hands me an envelope and goes to the back of the car, gets undressed, and then gets back in the car and we go on our date. (laughs) So she started off, she must be about 18. She had finished university. No, so she must have been 20. And she wasn't sure what she wanted to do exactly at that point. And she decided to go into business doing um, clowning. Okay. The clowning was part of it, and then I did multiple characters um, uh, for the birthday parties and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't officially take any clowning um, courses or anything like that, but I, I learned some of the skills through my drama experience and also, um, you know, skills like balloon animal making uh, through Neville and uh, his father, Michael. Uh, she's got an amazing singing voice. She was in um, Claude Watson School for the Arts for vocal. So she was uh, singing and all that. So the natural progression from that was, hey, you could do singing telegrams. Um, so <laughs> she started. Yeah. You still do that? Well, <laughs> they've really been in decline the past, I'd say, eight, nine years. But yeah. they were very popular at one time. Yeah. I mean, I did gorillagrams at one time.
So, I mean, this is a true family affair because your dad's involved in this as well. Yes. What does he do? He is Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Well, he has been uh, the Bayview Village Santa Claus for many, many years, at least 10 to 12, I'd say. And Bayview Village actually came to Top Talent and said, we're looking for a Santa Claus. And my dad was available. He's a retired high school music teacher. and, Mm -hmm. And he said he would do it. So... The first year, he didn't have a real beard. And then the next year, it was kind of like a a magical thing. He was able to start growing the white beard. So he's he's been one of our our biggest performers at Top Talent for 10 to 12 years. Probably one of your more famous performers. Definitely, definitely. They've done big ad campaigns with him. And and yeah, it's been great. And he loves it, too. Dude, I mean, do co- <laughs> companies pay a premium for a Santa where you don't have to worry about the, the, the beard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, uh, yeah, the, the real bearded Santas are definitely uh, pricier than false bearded Santas. <laughs> That's <hilarious>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole class thing, but we won't get into that today. Right, okay. <laughs> yes, two children. <laughs> what do they think of mom and dad's? <laughs> I think by the 12th birthday party of having a magician every year, they got bored. No, no, no. We we didn't do that to them. Uh, My eldest is uh, 20 and the youngest is uh, 17. Have any of them expressed any interest in the business? Unfortunately not. We were hoping so. Someone would, but no. How many acts do you represent? Ooh, that is a big question. Hundreds. Oh, hundreds of performers we have on the roster. Yes. Yeah. We've got a lot of performers. We do a lot of events. Do you have many other magicians? Many other magicians. Yes. Uh, We've got all sorts of circus artists from jugglers and stilt walkers to uh, aerial performers, um, aerial trapeze, aerial silks, hoops. Uh, We have fire performers. We have LED performers. We've got um, fortune tellers, caricature artists. Uh, The list goes on and on. I mean, and if we don't have it, uh, if you think of something that I haven't said, you know, chances are we still have it. I would say we are the biggest general entertainment agency in Ontario, meaning that we offer the biggest variety of acts to the biggest variety of clients. Nationally, I'm not sure we're the biggest, but we're definitely uh, growing nationally. Up next, Neville has taken his father's company to the next level and enjoyed his best year to date in 2019. But then the pandemic hits, making it impossible for any live performers to make a living. So what do they do to survive? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Michael Lissack left his job to pursue his dream career as a magician. When he noticed his clients were asking for different acts, he pivoted from being a one-man show to a full-on talent agency, and he succeeded spectacularly. Michael's son, Neville, has taken on the family business and taken it to yet another level, growing Top Town Entertainment Agency nationally and taking on more corporate clients. But will Michael and Neville's magic be enough to keep their company afloat during the pandemic? Let's find out. I'm going to ask you if there was anything that happened that uh, put your business in peril. Like, right. What would that be? I mean, the only struggle we've had mm-hmm. has been the struggle that every business in this sort of industry have, has had. And that, of course, is COVID. There was a time during COVID where... 
I wasn't making anything. Government support hadn't really started yet. And I was saying, what do I do? Luckily, my wife has a very good job. So we were okay. But, you know. She was a teacher. She was working from home, I guess. Uh, she was, yes. Uh, she was working from home. But, you know, we're two-income household. And when one of those people aren't making any money because you're not allowed to work, it gets a bit dodgy. So I actually did Uber Eats for a little while because you got to do what you got to do. It was tough. Definitely. I, I think I just, I felt very badly for him, especially because this is his life. This is his passion. And uh, it was gone really gone so it was tough emotionally as well as just monetarily and so on well yeah we were all affected you know but we managed you know and somehow like a lot of businesses did yeah. you know a lot of individuals did as well uh we, we just got through it that's all the you know that, i mean it is what it is and it was what it was so we had to accept that and just move on doesn't minimize i mean i'm a performer too i missed oh. two years i'm a musician i missed okay. two years of, of live audiences that ah. was, it was difficult okay well, how, how did you feel personally when you couldn't do these shows did you miss it or, or were you uh yes yeah I, I missed it but um i think i did some shows as well like under certain circumstances uh, outdoors, you know? yes certain yes we uh, you still had some shows going on you know and also neville what neville did he did it himself for himself and for many of our entertainers. He did a lot of virtual shows, you know, the yeah. online stuff, the, through the computer. Yeah. So he did a lot of those. So, you know, all you can do is what you can, you know, sure. do your best. Yeah. And then the government supports kicked in. And then we started coming up with virtual shows. Uh, so we pivoted to try to do that. Virtual shows were okay, okay. but they never caught on too much. So, so, so describe those for me. What we did was we did live virtual shows. So a client, if, if it was their child's birthday mm -hmm. and they wanted to have a performance, a magic show, well, COVID, we right. can't even get together at someone's house these days. So they would sit down with the, the brother, their kids uh, in a living room. Mm -hmm put on their computer and I would uh, perform live for them with a camera on my end, do a complete interactive show, you know, speaking with them, having them take part in the magic. And that was it. Yeah. I think we tried to do a couple online telegrams. I think I did one online telegram or pre-recorded a telegram for somebody, but there either wasn't the demand or just obviously there was no going out to places. So, yeah. We did a few shows for seniors where we sent a performer to seniors' homes, mm -hmm. but they never went in because they weren't allowed to. But the seniors would gather in a dining room with windows, oh, okay. and uh, we would have uh, like a Bluetooth speaker, for instance, handed to the staff who would take it in, and the performer would perform outside, right. and everybody would be able to watch and everything. So it was something. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's, that's creative. I mean, why not? You know, um, yeah. do what you can, Not a great deal. I mean, I, you know, reach out to them once in a while, see how they're doing, because I know a lot. Like, I, I'm in a very lucky, privileged position, and I and I appreciate that. And I'm very, as I say, I'm lucky to be there. But I know a lot of the performers. They really rely on 
these gigs because this is what they do. A lot of them are, are single income households. And, you know, when, when it was cut off again, especially before government support, uh, you know, pretty worried about them. So yeah, I mean, I reached out to quite a few and, and see how they were. And, uh, you know, a lot of them were, were okay, but some of them were struggling a bit. Or did you find yourself kind of almost being kind of a, a therapist for them? <laughs> at times, yes. Yeah. yeah, there were a couple of people who I, I spoke with at length quite a few times and trying to help them to see that we're, we're going to get through this. You know, this is not going to be the end of the business and, you know, the industry will come back. When would you say things finally started coming back to normal for business? Uh, last summer. Last summer? Yeah. 2022 in the summer, things started to improve a lot. People were outside. Everybody was getting uh, into, I'd say, higher spirits because there was light at the end of the tunnel. Vaccines were widespread and people wanted to celebrate. So we started to get very busy last summer. When uh, things started opening up again, uh, according to Neville, around last summer is when kind of things got back to normal. I mean, how how did you feel about that? Well, it was great, you know, because there was, uh, you know, everybody I think is happier and uh, both ourselves as a company and also clients, you know, everyone was happier to things of getting back to normal. And uh, I mean, at first we were doing shows still with masks on and everything, but then gradually the masks got thrown away (laughs) you know that kind of thing and um yeah oh much better but it was slow it was a slow start i think people were still feeling very apprehensive and uh it took a while to get the wheels going back to quote normal again i'm not even sure if it is completely back to that stage it was before um and that was the the bittersweetness of it because the the business had had basically its best year yet right. the year before covid yeah and then it was just cut off mm-hmm. so that was a really bitter pill to swallow as well Going into the holiday slash Christmas season was where we were a little nervous because everything moves indoors. And we found that last year, most of the companies, I'd say about 60 to 70% of the companies refrained from having parties and gatherings. You know, we're talking companies who have booked through us for 10, 15 years longer, and they weren't doing anything again. You know, some did, some didn't. You know, you had cancellations of some of the major sporting events the years before that we provide entertainment for. And then moving into um, past that Christmas, we we realized, okay, this has to be it. (laughs) Next year, this year, 2023, is going to be the year where we get back to normal. And it's been good. It is a little up and down at first until the warm weather hit. And once the warm weather's hit, people are booking. The festivals are back. Uh, and our major sporting event that we provide entertainment for is back. Uh, just finalizing everything with them right now, actually. And um, yeah, I don't think it's a problem with it. It's the uh, National Bank Open. We deal with Tennis Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we provide entertainment for them. We have done for about 16, 18 years now. Yeah. I spoke with Moneris because when we were doing zero business or very limited business, a lot of people weren't paying on credit card. And I said to them, look, uh, you know, our business, you can see the business that we used to do. And obviously during COVID, <laughs> we're not doing it. So I said, can you guys help me out at all with the monthly fees, you know, just the set monthly fees? 
and they did. They uh, got rid of them for quite a while for me and uh, yeah, and helped out for uh, the duration really of the pandemic. It was really appreciated. Coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for top talent entertainment. Success in business doesn't come without moments of struggle. Moments when you had to face your challenges head on. As the proud partner of Canadian business, Moneris plays a critical role in empowering businesses with the payment processing tools they need to succeed. Together, we are building stronger businesses where business owners everywhere can stand up to their challenges without slowing down. Moneris, proud partner of Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. According to Neville Lissack, business at Top Talent Entertainment is about 80% back to pre-pandemic levels, and he's optimistic that the bounce back will continue through the rest of this year. So what does the future hold for Top Talent Entertainment? Let's find out. What is the future outlook for Top Talent Entertainment? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I love the business, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm just going to stay in it. I mean, as my wife has said on many occasions, she said, when I retire, you're probably still going to be doing this, aren't you? And I said, probably. Well, I I enjoy still doing the bookings for top talent for uh, what I still feel comfortable doing, like sure. the face painting, like the balloon animals. We we do a lot together. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of nice because we can go out to uh, an event together. He does balloon animals. I do the face painting. So it's it's a nice gig, right. so to speak. Right. Because he ever saw you in half? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I am privileged to some magical secrets, though. Sure. That is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then out, outside of the business, yeah, I, I think I'll always be performing in maybe choirs or musical theater, community theater, that kind of thing. So that's always a big love of mine. And then, of course, having it uh, at school. Oh, that's yeah. that's a big part of my job, getting kids to love music and performing and being up on stage and and so on. So Basically, I'd just like to see it carry on the way it is now, really. I mean, improving, like... Always increasing your clear, the the amount you know the amount of bookings you get and the amount of good entertainers that you get hold of as well because that's the key to this yeah. you know you did talk about before the pandemic you were doing a lot more national yes stuff. are you hoping to expand that I am hoping to get back more to the national campaigns um, I think our major client who um, was having loads of national events I think they'll get back to it mm-hmm. but they. They had to be a little careful during the pandemic and they, they don't want to rush things too much. I know that they did have to slow things down a lot because of losses during the pandemic. So they'll get back there and I'm sure they'll come back to me and we'll provide fantastic entertainment for them. But, you know, we'll get there. I, I mean, I'm happy. The business is doing well, as I say, it's getting back there. And in the future, certainly that's something I'd like to um, target. I mean, Ontario's great. Love providing performers in Ontario and traveling all over the place myself. But nationally is something that excited me a lot in 2019. When you see what Neville's done with the company, how do you feel about Neville's? I feel great. I think it's a great thing. I'm very proud of what he's done because, you know, like when I started this thing, it's nice to see it now in somebody else's hand with a more 
forward-looking ideas and things like that and everything the way he's done it. It's been great to see him take the reins and expand, and he has a great rapport with people at larger companies. They, he really is able to form a trust with them and deliver the, the kind of integrity that they're looking for. I, I'm very happy. I mean, uh, there have been challenges that I've faced. They've uh, have basically, running the company myself, I've had to learn everything, as I'm sure any small business owner would tell you. You're doing everything, advertising, accounting, um, just everything. And I'm, I think I'm proud of the way I have adapted to the needs of my clients, and I'm proud of the way that we've been able to build a great roster of performers, which I feel is unmatched in the business. I can see myself just sticking with it because I love the company that my dad started. I love the company that we built together, and I love the company that I'm running today with his help. It's something I'm proud of. I'm proud of the company. Neville, Michael, and Leslie, is Todd Town Entertainment open? Yes, yes we, we are, are open. open. That's the story of Top Talent Entertainment. For the second week in a row, we have a story of a family business. Last week, it was the Charles sisters with their mother as investor starting Sugarcane. And this week, we have Michael Lissack starting Top Talent Entertainment 40 years ago and his son Neville taking it over and growing it nationally. Both are very different stories, but both are grounded in one principle, and that is a strong family bond. What struck me most about the Lissack family isn't all the magic talk, although I did find that pretty cool. It was their commitment to improving the lives of others. Case in point, they're in the business of entertaining others, of bringing them happiness. They own three rescue dogs, and even the family members that aren't in the business work or worked in education. It's like they were brought up caring about something bigger than themselves and living their best lives thanks to that upbringing. So how does this kind of life of service translate to business? Well, if you've been paying attention the last couple of weeks, then you might think it translates really well, which makes sense. After all, when everyone's on the same page, working with the same values and pulling in the same direction, achieving your goals becomes much easier. As the saying goes, more hands make less work. Most corporations spend a lot of time, money, and work to achieve similar cultures on their teams. Those that succeed, well, they succeed. That is why I have no doubt in my mind that the Lissack family will succeed in making Top Talent Entertainment one of the best agencies in the country. Yes, We Are Open is a Moneris podcast production. I'd like to thank Leslie, Michael, and Neville for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Top Talent Entertainment at toptalent.ca. Follow them on Facebook at Top Talent Entertainment. And on Instagram, they're at toptalent1. For more information about this podcast, visit the site yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Moneris.com. And that does it for yet another season. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everyone on the Moneris Marcom team for their help and support in putting this season together. There are too many to name, so please check the show notes for their names. 
I'd like to also thank the amazing merchants who welcomed me into their place of business and allowed me to tell their stories this season. Sackville Curling Club, Brooks Pepperfire Foods, Spinet Records and Video, Landscape Ontario, Doghouse, Timber Lounge, Sugarcane, and Top Talent Entertainment. Please support them by supporting their business. Production on Season 5 will begin later this summer, so expect a whole new season of small Canadian businesses and their stories by October of 2023. Keep an eye on this feed and I'll post updates as Season 5 approaches. And finally, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening, subscribing, and spreading the word. Your support has once again helped this podcast earn a nomination for Branded Podcasts of the Year by the Quill Podcast Awards. No win this time, but it's always an honor to be named among the best. So a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Without you, this would not be possible. So on behalf of all of us at Moneris, sincerely thank you for listening to the Yes We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. See you in Season 5.